0: Is crazy. And it trust me, it, it works everything against my flesh too. Because my flesh is like this is crazy. But all I can think of when we begin to praise and worship as we do is what am I gonna act like when I get to heaven? <laughs> when I see Jesus face to face, amen. I'm not just gonna sit in my pew and give him a Baptist nod. <laughs> amen but I believe that there's going to be excitement, that there's going to be joy, that's going to be peace. amen when we see Jesus face to face amen on that, on that great day. Hallelujah and that's what we're living for. Amen we're not living for today, but we're living for that moment and the great thing is is God's given us in a, a little bit of heaven on earth. Amen. And it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God living inside of us. Amen. So we can act like we're going to act like up there right now. Amen. Because that's, I'm just looking forward to that day. I really am. I can't wait to see him face to face. (laughs) Walk on those streets of gold. See those pearly gates. Amen. And spend eternity in perfection with Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we're living for, church. Amen. God is so good. God is so good. We're going to turn to John chapter uh, chapter 10 and verse 27. I'm going to try to be quick. It's already 10 to noon. I've had a hard time being quick lately. Man, even Bishop was telling me that I'm long-winded. When he starts telling me I'm long-winded, I better take note of that. John 10 and 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. And today, with the help of the Lord, I'll preach for a very short time. I'm going to preach against the currents of the world, and I'm going to preach on this topic, hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Anybody here want to hear the voice of God? Amen. Anybody here want to be led by the Holy Ghost? Be led by Jesus? Amen. You can be seated today in Jesus' name. I believe that God speaks. Anybody believe that God speaks? We still believe that God speaks today. He's still speaking. He's been speaking since the beginning of time. In Genesis 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the beginning of time, everything was chaotic, it was void, it was dark, it was it was without form. And what did God do in verse 3? It says, And God said, God spoke, and he said, Let there be light. And there was light. Since the beginning of time, God has been speaking into chaotic situations and and giving organization and structure to something that was out of whack. He's been doing that since the very beginning. The waters below from the waters above all through creation, the animals, the trees, the plants, the sun, the moon, and the stars. He spoke and it happened. God is still speaking. He spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden. God spoke to Abraham. He spoke to Isaac and he spoke to Jacob of a promise of their ancestors and a nation that was going to become of them. He spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He spoke to Joshua as he conquered the land. He spoke to the prophets of old concerning Israel and even the coming Messiah. God has spoken all through time. And all through time, people of God have responded to the spoken word. They have responded to the voice of God. And God is still speaking. And he still wants people to respond to him. And the weight and the authority of his voice is still the same today as it was on the day of creation. It's still the same. It's the same today as it was when he parted the Red Sea. It's the same today as it was when the prophet Samuel spoke to the kings of Israel. It's the same today as it was during the time of Isaiah, the prophet. All through the old covenant, it's the same today as it was then. His voice still has the power to heal It can still deliver a drug addict from the chains of addiction. I believe that today. I still believe that God is in the business of changing people's lives forever. If we would just hear his voice, God is still working. He's still changing destinies, He's still restoring, and He's still speaking. God is still speaking. His words that he speaks are life. And their life everlasting. They're life and their life more abundantly. When he speaks and we hear, things begin to change. Hearts and minds are opened up. And when he begin to, when he speaks into a situation, the very atmosphere changes. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, For the word of God. Is quick and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The voice of God. When heard and received, can do something that nothing else on planet Earth can do. It's quick and it's powerful. His voice penetrates the heart. And it reveals things to us. It unveils the things in our hearts that we are blind to in our flesh. It displays our sins and our faults right before us. And its purpose is to change us. Its purpose is to give us a new destiny. When he speaks, it's exactly what we need to hear. And it's always the right thing for the right time. When God speaks, it's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light unto our path. It's water to our soul. It's fat to our bones. It's his breath in our lungs. It's the word of God. Amen. And it's powerful. And the the thing of it is today is I want to hear the voice of God. Amen, I I desire with everything in me to get to a point where I can hear the voice of God in my life. That I would not be deaf to his voice. That I would not turn away from his voice. But that I would hear the voice of God. We read the story of Elijah In the book of 1 Kings in chapter 19, Elijah at this moment in chapter 19, he was fearful. He was in a a dreadful situation. He had called down fire from heaven upon the altars of Baal and and the prophets of Baal were all killed and and he had prayed for rain after a a three and a half year drought and there was rain and Ahab got a hold of this and he went back to Jezebel his wife, his wicked wife, and and told her the news of of what Elijah had just did and and she was seeking revenge on Elijah's life And, and Elijah was felt alone. He felt he was the only one and he was fearful. And God shows up. And asks him, why are you here? He was sleeping under a juniper tree. And and Elijah gave him his sob story. and, And God tells Elijah, go to the mountaintop. And in verse 11 he says, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. A still small voice. After the lightning flashed and after the thunders rolled and the earth was still and the wind was silent, after a dramatic display of God's power, of fire from heaven and fire or rain from heaven, after an emotional moment of worship and praise after a great victory in Jesus. I'm all about great victories. I'm all about 33,000 kids worshiping in a stadium and saying, I'm all about it. I'm all about great victories. But after all that, after Sunday service where we worshiped, after Sunday service, Brother Pete, where we leaped for joy. There's got to be a continuation of this throughout the week. Okay? I'm not demeaning what, what just happened in this place and what just happened this week at NAYC. Let's do it. Let's, da- let's dance. Let's shout. Let's celebrate. Let's have victory. I'm all about it. But after that, understand what ju- just what, what Elijah just took part of. he called fire down from heaven amongst a great crowd. He prayed for rain after no rain for three and a half years, and the rain poured. A great move of God. And he found himself in a moment of discouragement right after that. We have got to hear the still whisper of God's voice. After the dramatic emotional move of God. Okay, we're not, what we, did, what we do in church and, and what, you, what you may even do at home in your, in your prayer closet. Work, like, I'm all about that. Get loud, be demonstrative, just shout. Like Brother Pete said this morning, I just wanted to shout. There's some people here today that just shouted. But tomorrow, on Monday morning, you still got to hear the voice of God. You've got to hear that still, small voice speaking to you. Let's have the Holy Ghost ties. I'm all about it, absolutely. But our daily walk with God will be with still, small voices from God. You hear me today? As a young boy... I didn't hear my dad's voice just when it was raised and just when it was loud. It wasn't just when he was clapping his hands and cheering for me and patting me on the back. That's not the only time I heard my dad's voice, but I knew his soft voice. I knew his quiet voice. I knew what he was trying to tell me. Sometimes he didn't even really have to say anything. And I knew what he was saying. I want to have that closeness with Jesus where I can hear and understand what he's saying to me. There doesn't need to be a great display. Hear me today. There doesn't need to be a great display for me to actually hear what he's saying. I'm not against a great display. And I think God will use great displays, miracles, signs. and what He'll use it to build faith and to do things in people's life. But in our daily walk, we can't live from one great display to the next great display. There's got to be an ear to the still, small voice of God. I want to be so close to Jesus that when he just gives me a little nod, I know exactly what he's saying. I don't have to ask him twice. There's time there's a look that my dad would give me as a child and I knew exactly what he was saying. He didn't even have to speak it out. I'm like yes, sir. That's the closeness that I desire with Jesus. So how do we get to this point? And I could go many different directions today because I believe that everybody here wants to hear the voice of God and everybody here might be at a, a little different point in their life but as a whole, I believe what I'm about to talk about can be, can be applied to all of our lives. In Matthew 13, we read the parable of the sower and we read the four types of soil. We read of the, the stony soil and the, the thorny ground and the, the hard ground and the good ground. And, and Jesus explains uh, each of these and what they meant. And he, he, he said that, uh, you know, the, the kingdom of God is the field and his word's the seed. And he talked a little bit about the hard ground and the King James Version calls it The wayside. And the wayside was just the footpath through the field. This was where there was traffic through the field. And the path was hardened by the feet of those that traveled through it. And the seed was sown onto it. But it was too hard to receive the seed And the fowls of the air would come and devour up the seed. It didn't even get a chance to get into the ground and grow because it was too hard. What God was speaking and sowing was never received because there was too much traffic. There was too much traffic. I'm here to tell you this morning that if you want to hear the voice of God... We have to be cognizant of the traffic in our lives. We have to be cognizant of what's going on in our hearts and in our minds and what's consuming our time and our energy. The fact is, is that we do live in a busy, busy world. It's a rat race. Schedules are plump full. We race to work. We race home. We race to eat, we race to church. I was telling somebody the other day that literally my entire life is hour by hour on a schedule. And in a couple of weeks, my family and I were going on a vacation. And one thing I like about a vacation is there's no schedule. <laughs> that we can literally, it doesn't matter if the kids have to go to the bathroom three times in the first hour. It's okay. But in normal life, in the busyness, that matters a lot. When you're living hour by hour, and you're racing from one place to the next. The airwaves are full, plump full. News flashes are constant. New information is so readily available and at our fingertips, ready for us to receive. Facebook, I said it, Facebook. And social media are filling our minds with nonsense. <laughs> I'll say it again. Facebook and social media are filling our minds with nonsense. And they're wasting hours of our time every single day. I'm talking about traffic. I'm talking about a footpath Through your heart, through the field of your heart, that's hard. The average social media user right now spends two and a half hours per day. That's a tithe of their time. Two and a half hours a day, just on social media. An average teenager, if you're a teenager here, raise your hands. The average teenager spends eight hours on their phone every day. This is a tragedy, this is a tragedy and it's possible for our minds and our hearts to be so full of traffic that we cannot hear the voice of God. It's time to have some traffic stops. In our lives. Traffic stops to our hearts. Traffic stops to our mind. It's time to simplify. It's time to do a little inventory. And I pray that today that the Holy Ghost speaks to somebody because I believe that what I'm speaking today is from God and it has a specific purpose. But God wants us to reconsider our ways because he's speaking and he wants us to hear his voice <laughs> I want to see, I want that seed to fall on on ground where it can be heard and received. When God's speaking, I don't want to just land on that wayside and on that footpath and, and be for nothing that the fowls of the air, the enemy would come and devour it up, and I would never get an opportunity to hear what God was speaking that day. Because there was too much traffic. The path was too hard there was no good ground for the seed to fall into the truth of it is is the seed is being sown and the seed is good the question isn't is god speaking the question is is are we hearing what he's speaking god is speaking his seed is being sown And it's up to us to put ourselves in a position that we would be able to hear the voice of God. The truth of it is, is we've got to take time for him. (laughs) This is not a shouting message this morning. We we got our shouting out of the way, okay? (laughs) We've got to take time for him. We've got to have a time set aside for prayer. We've got to have a time set aside for meditating upon the Lord. A time alone with Jesus. Even Jesus went away to be alone and to pray. We read of the Psalms where David meditated on the Lord day and, night. and and I, I'm probably guilty of this, but sometimes we, we have our allotted time of prayer. We say our prayer. We read through our prayer list, have a little touch of God, and we say amen. And we hop up and go to the next thing. We checked it off our list, again, hour by hour, this rat race of a lifestyle. But we've got to take time to pray, to talk to God, and also to listen, also to meditate on His Word, meditate on on your prayer, and give God time to speak. Give God time to talk back. We need to take time to study the Word of God, and I believe that if we seek to understand the Word of God, the doors of understanding will be opened. Sometimes we don't dig in because we just don't know and the Bible is a big thick book and you don't know where to start. But the truth of it is if you will just dig into it, God will begin to open up your understanding to the scripture. But you've got to take time to in the field, you've got to take time to, to dig in and you'll, you'll see that God will begin to reveal himself to you through his word. We've got to be fasting. Amen. All right. We've got to be fasting. All right. We've got to be keeping our flesh in check. (laughs) This old flesh needs some maintenance every now and then. And fasting will get you there. Fasting will help you. There's nothing that anybody in this room likes more than food. You love food. Say, I love food. And if you don't agree with me, go on a three-day fast. Tell me how much you don't like food. But fasting has a way of clearing the flesh out of your life and giving you a clear path to the voice of God and clearing the static that's between the channels and gets you tuned in to the Holy Ghost. And, and the reality is, is I could teach a 16-part series on prayer and another 16 uh, weeks on fasting and another 16 weeks on studying the Word and, and maybe I will do that. And we could get into the details of how to do this and when, why, where, and how. And I think that's important. But the bottom line is, is that we just got to do it. We've just got to do it. We, we know to do it, and we may not be an expert at it, but you'll never, you never become good at it unless you do it. So this is, this is something that we just got to do. If we want to hear the whisper of God's voice, we have to do these things. We have to take time. And, and we have to, the truth of it is, is we've got to fight for our time. <laughs> Man, we've, and this is, I'm like, I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm as busy as anybody. The truth of it, I'm as busy as anybody. And if you don't fight for your time, it'll be wasted away really quick. If you don't fight for that prayer time, if you don't schedule it in, if you don't create some Christian disciplines and structure in your life, the world has a way of just sucking that all up and it's all gone. You've got to fight for your time. This will help you hear the voice of God. I want to hear the voice. (laughs) And... And Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. I don't want to go for weeks without hearing the voice of God. I want to be constantly led by the Holy Ghost. I want to constantly be hearing God's voice guide me and and lead me. Revelations chapter 2 and verse 1 says the angel of the Lord of Ephesus writes, as these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in the right in his right hand and who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He says I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how that canst not bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and yes born and Hast patience and for my namesake hast labored and hast not fainted. And this church in Ephesus was a big and it was a a famous church, if you will. Both Paul and and Timothy had ministered at this church, and some say the Apostle John. It was it, it was a church that had it all together. It was like the first century POA, if you will. It just had it going on. They were a working church. They had mastered patience. And and it said they they persevered and they they knew how to endure hardness. And and it said that they fought for doctrinal purity. They they fought for the word of God and they didn't handle uh, false prophets lightly. They were a a church that had it going on and believed the truth and had no problems, you know, sweating, had no problems with a few tears being shed and blood being shed. They they were a church that was moving forward on the outside. They had it going on. In verse 4, after God got done kind of complimenting them, Verse 4 says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. He says, nevertheless... I have somewhat against thee that you've left your first love. You've been doing the work of God, but you've disregarded your first love. (laughs) And as I was studying for this, I began to remember a day a long, long time ago. Once upon a time, there was a, a young lady. Her name was Michaela, and there was this handsome young man who lived down the street. And I remember when I fell in love for the very first time, and it was thankfully the only time I've ever been in love. It was with my wife-to-be. We got a picture. I just, I had a There. There was us. I think I was probably 14 or 15 in that picture. She was a year older than me. And uh, we were in love. My first and only love. We weren't touching in that picture. It just looks like it. Okay. We weren't touching. And the truth of it is, is I wanted to spend every waking moment with her. I would stay up late at night talking on the phone. I just wanted to hear her voice. I couldn't concentrate on American history or algebra because of this girl in my life. I dreamt of a life together. I dreamt of having a family together. And the truth of it is is she wasn't like all the other girls that I went to school with and grew up with. There was something special about her, and it was the Holy Ghost. I was infatuated with this girl. I was captivated and mesmerized. She reminded me the other day that I even wrote her poems. Oh, Lord. Those squinty eyes and that smile had me all bound up. My first love, all that mattered was spending time with her. I think the Chuppies can attest to this. I was, I was, I was, just, I was always around. I was always there. <laughs> they weren't saying amen at the time, I promise you. My whole life and schedule revolved around being with her. You can take that picture down now. That's the truth. And this is what God was saying to the church in Ephesus. You used to have this love for me, but your work and even good work And your schedules have gotten you away from the main thing. Remember how you were when you were first born again. Remember how you were when you had first received the Holy Ghost. Brother Pete said it this morning that he was flying in in cloud nine on a kite. It It was a great experience. And I'm not saying that we, you know, there is a, a coming down moment where your your first love and that, that moment grows into, you know, spiritual maturity. I understand all that. But God was telling the church in Ephesus, don't forget your first love. Don't forget how you were when you first came to me. When I first filled you with the Holy Ghost. And I, I first, when you came out of those waters of baptism, when I washed away your sins, don't forget the zeal that you had for me in the beginning. Remember how soft you were towards the things of God. Remember how committed you were to prayer and committed you were to church. And remember the times that we spent together when you first fell in love and Jesus told the church in Ephesus, you need to go back. He said, remember it and go back to those first works. He says, don't let the traffic of life get into the way of hearing from God. Am I plucking any strings today? I wanna to hear the voice of God at all costs. Whatever I gotta do, whatever I gotta put away, whatever weight that so easily besets me, I've got to put it away. Cause I want to hear the voice of God, and the truth of it is, is you can get to a point in your walk with God, where you can consistently hear what God is saying to you, and you can consistently be led by the Spirit of God. and that's God's desire for each and every single one of us today. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and, and they follow me. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, Incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and your your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Incline your ear and come unto me, hear, and ye shall live. Revelation 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And, and this is what he did, he did to the church in Ephesus. He, he loved them enough to, to rebuke and chasten them. He says, be zealous therefore and repent. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he will sup with him and he with me. And to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. And he that hath an ear, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. (laughs) The truth of it is, is every time we come into church, God is trying to speak. He's trying to say something to somebody. The truth of it is, every time you get into prayer, God's trying to speak to you. (laughs) And and, and every time you get into the Word of God, God's trying to speak to you. Right now, I'm going through this Bible plan, reading through the New Testament in 90 days, and I'm doing this with, with somebody else, and we're... And we're kind of keep, keeping each other accountable into it. And at the end of the day, you, you can, there's a little message deal where you can message each other within the app. And, and the question is, is what, what is God speaking to you about? And it's interesting because sometimes you just, to do your Bible reading, you just kind of read it and get through it. But this plan has made me like, I'm reading, I'm like, what is God trying to tell me right now? And I'm, I'm looking and I'm seeking for the voice of God. And when that one scripture kind of, you know, stands out to you, I just don't move on to the next. I look at it and you begin to dig in a little bit. And the other day I did that and, and God just, you know, I went into prayer and God just spoke to me about some things. He was speaking to me through the word. It takes time takes us not being in a hurry. (laughs) Man, we get so, we're in a hurry for so many things. I don't want to lose my soul because we're so in a hurry for the things of this life. Church, I'm asking each and every single one of you just to take an inventory of your life today and that you would take time for God. And you would be intentional about really seeking his voice. And, and the truth of it is, 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 this, is uh, this is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When you can walk daily and take time for him, and he really does speak, church. He really is reaching out for you. The question isn't, isn't if he's speaking, it's the, are we able to hear? Are, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Are we, are we able to hear the voice of God? Or is, this, is there a layer of, of worldliness and a layer of busyness and, and flesh above us where God's speaking and, and what he's speaking is just kind of bouncing? That's kind of how I visualize it, that God's speaking, and his words are just kind of getting close to me, but they're bouncing off because there's too much going on around me. And, and vice versa, I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> and sometimes my prayers are hitting the ceiling and falling down because there's this layer above me. That may or may not be scriptural. I don't have any verses for that. That's sometimes how I, I think of it when there's too much going on when I'm praying, but I'm actually thinking about getting to work. When I'm praying, but I'm, I'm thinking about the bid I got to get out, the bid I got to get to Brother Pete on his windows that I told him I would get to this week and still haven't done it yet. Because we're busy. Got a lot going on. We've got to hear the voice of God. Let's stand in this place. For our musicians could come, it's twelve thirty. If we could just take a little time and pray, find a place to pray and say, God, I want to hear your voice. God, I know there's some things in my life that I just need to get rid of. That I need to get yeah, there's some traffic stops that I need to set up because there's just too much traffic going through my field right now. And and you're trying to speak and it's just landing on hard ground. And I I cannot receive what you're saying because there's just too much going on around me. I wonder if we could just take an inventory of our lives, our our time, our energy, because God wants to speak to us. He really does. He really wants us to hear His voice. And the truth of it is, I believe every single one of you here today want to hear his voice, that you truly desire to be led by him. Let's come and pray. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your